Today, we're re-releasing our Kay Cannon interview. Why? Because the sequel to Kay's movie, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2, was released on May 15th. Kay wrote that movie. Yep. Kay was also a writer on 30 Rock. She is so smart and funny and honest and inspiring that it's no wonder her first film made over $60 million domestically. We talk about Pitch Perfect's journey to inception, Rebel Wilson's kindness, which led to Rebel Wilson being cast in Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2, and Kay's part in 30 Rock's most expensive joke. Well, here we go. See you at the other side. Oh, don't. You know, we're just gonna stop. We're gonna do zip zip um, stop, right? We're, yeah, we're gonna do zip stop. We're gonna have a go. We're gonna do zip stop. And then we're, we're gonna, gonna do warm eights. up, right? We're gonna do eights. I'm, when it comes to twenty. When it comes, to, oh, we're gonna count to twenty. <laughs> I love counting to twenty. I do. I really do. I do all those. I was you, say, do you do them by yourself? You're like you've taught for so many years. I know. Years, and I wake up in the morning. It's like eight seven six five four eight seven six five four eight seven six five. Now I can start the day. One 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 one. And when I make a mistake, what I do is I give myself permission. It's like that was good, Dave. Um, this is what I've been doing, and I've been getting a lot of shit about it lately, but I've been telling people that I've been doing it. Like, right before I go to bed, I don't think I've been said on the podcast, like, right before I go to bed, the last thing I say before I go to bed, I pull the sheets up, I turn the light on, I, I, like, I read, and it's like, I think I'm tired. I pull the sheets up, I turn the light on, and I go, good job, everybody. <laughs> I want to start doing that. Can I start doing Can that? Start doing <laughs> Evan, I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. And and you know, I think everybody really feels it in some way. They go, oh yeah, Dave says we did a good job. Everybody like, did a really, good job. You act did. like you're alone in bed, by right. the way. Sometimes you're not alone. No, sometimes I'm not alone. Sometimes, like many times, I'm not alone. And and I'll, I'll turn to that person and go, good job. And they'll go, good job. And then together we'll say, good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. Um, but I do do that, and I really love that I do that. That really makes me happy. And I feel like I'm... <laughs> that's what I also do. It's like the Rosowski prayer. It is a prayer. But it's also an acknowledgement of the world. Um, it's when it's chilly. Like right now, it's chill, a little chilly. And I, I live in an apartment, like a really old apartment. It's a beautiful apartment. I live in an apartment. And I'll go into my room, and I'll turn my space heater on. Then I'll close the door, and I'll stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I'll walk into my room. And it's really warm, and then I'll go, good job. <laughs> Y'all did a good job. <laughs> Y'all did a good job. And I'll brush my teeth and wash my face, and I'll read a little, and I'll turn like, good job, everybody. <laughs> I love that. Isn't it good? <laughs> That's so good. I'm trying to think of what my, my ritual is like. I, I, well, first, I always ask Evan to uh, wash my face and brush my teeth for me because I'm too tired to do that. He never does it. I'm like, Dude. Will you please uh, wash my face and brush my teeth? Like, I'm, we're often like watching whatever television show because we watch everything on TV uh -huh. um, for hours and hours you and hours. You do watch everything on TV? Yeah. Oh, really? I love it. I, I love television, and I, I will watch it for hours and hours. I and get it. Yeah. I get it. I don't have the time, and I don't know how people do it, but I understand. Well, you have to stay up till 3 in the morning. I know you I have to, like, yeah. and I have to make sure that they keep interneting, and I've got to make sure that the wine that I'm drinking is finishing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sundays is tricky because Sundays is, like, often the best uh, television shows are on. Uh -huh. like, like, right now, currently, it's, like, True Detective. Right. Girls. Um... Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> I want to see Real Housewives. Masterpiece Theater. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Downton Abbey. Abbey. I yeah. want to see Real, Real, what was it? Real Housewives of what? Of Real Atlanta? Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlantis. That's what I, I want to see that show. Okay? That's what It'd I want to see. It would be a spectacle. It would be a spectacle. A lot of merman and mermaids. <laughs> a lot of confessionals that have, exactly. <laughs> cameras all full of water. Exactly. You can collect the water off. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's tough. And, and yesterday I watched Downton Abbey. I am on the one where um, where they just came back from the states and they had the big uh -huh. the big party. What right, they called right, right. it? Yeah. The bazaar. Yeah, the, the church bazaar. bazaar. Yeah. The bazaar. I sort of fell asleep in that one. I didn't see that. I just, like, oh my I god! With the start of the bazaar, and I fell asleep, and then I woke up and the bazaar was over, and they were applauding. They were like, "That's the best bazaar I've ever seen." Exactly. That was the, oh, I do believe it's the best bazaar. And then she said that was the best bazaar. But she didn't say I've ever seen. That was just. Yeah, was, uh, but she said it in a different you've ever way. Thrown or something right. Like or that. I have better been part of, or yeah, something, yeah, like yeah, that. something like that. That show makes me cry. It does. It makes me sometimes. It makes me cry. When bad things happen. No, when people say lovely things about each other. When Aww. they essentially say the equivalent of "Good job, everybody." <laughs> <laughs> that really speaks. It to really 
Yeah, speak there's to, any wait, kind where's of your, Where's your mic? What's happening? Oh, did it fall? It's somewhere. Oh, it's, it's, everybody wants go. to hear what you're talking about. Okay. They've already heard my bullshit. Um, I don't know if they but, I, but that show makes me cry, and I really I like that. Oh, that I show like, doesn't make me cry. That show makes me go, really, guys? Well, sometimes <laughs> I don't watch as much TV as you, so I'm, I'm a little partial to that. Going, oh, that was enough. I'm done. <laughs> All right, I'll watch. But I, I, I cry at uh, Antiques Roadshow. Oh, you do? I do. I do, especially if it's worth a lot of money. Do you know how much this is worth? No. Have you had it appraised? No. They're like right. $50,000. No. There was one where a, a woman, this is, um, have, you ever, have you had this appraised? No, I haven't. Um, I met with a bunch of people. Because they always want to meet with a bunch of people. Uh -huh. I met with a bunch of the appraisers back, <laughs> and we are very certain that the uh, uh, the uh, the estimate for insurance is um, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> poo. But, but sometimes they poo, and sometimes they don't do anything. And I want to go. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know. But sometimes it's an old person, and you go, and they go. <sighs> And you look at them, and suddenly in my mind, I'm putting, I'm, I'm in my mind, in their mind, and I'm putting in their mind, I can afford dialysis, or oh, totally. my sister can get that lung, yeah. or my a son can get, get a his rash can... removed. <laughs> oh, can they, we can afford shaving the rash. <laughs> you know what makes me cry? Uh, uh, well, there were a couple, like, the, like the, I'm surprised I cried at, which was the, like, the JWoww Snooki finale of their show, mm -hmm. this is a reality show, shouldn't be crying. But their last episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how emotional I am over seeing these two say goodbye to each other. That's nonsense. But also, Shark Tank will make me cry. Do you ever watch Shark Tank? No. It's on ABC. Uh huh. Uh, Friday night. Oh, yeah, ABC. Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah Shark yeah, Tank. Yeah. Shark Tank, yeah. My, my yeah. husband and I will just spend like, like yeah. hours going, like pretending to make up something or mm -hmm. be like, it's a table that you can do sit-ups on. Like, and like he'll pretend to be Mr. Wonderful, and he'll be like, how much have you sold? And we'll do like the whole like scenario or whatever and, like, to see if we can get a deal or, or whatnot. But when they do the B-roll, and you see that like everybody's, this couple has given their whole life to whatever that they've you know, created, mm -hmm. their business plan or whatnot, and then they get rejected or they don't get rejected, like, it's tear Like, I... It's real. Those, these things are real. These people are real. This is the real business. Right. They really, you know, like and they have like, their heart in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you also look at the work that um, that you do, where people put so much time. We, I, I, yesterday I watched, um, they had me, um, uh, we're, we're at the L.A. Script Comedy Festival right now, and they had me um, uh, judge three finalists for a pilot so that it was it was okay. take pi yeah. pilots and they had me judge it like 10 minute long well yeah yeah about like, yeah. that length and, and and one was excellent and the other two were very they were someone done. did them they were they done. did them and it was <laughs> yeah. really good and I'm I, and they were good and everybody did a great job good job everybody and, um, <laughs> and and I looked and I thought and I thought this one that was done was just so smart and the other ones were fine they didn't make it. Yeah. And look at all the money and time that they put into it. It's no joke. It's no joke. I know, but I it's essentially Shark about, Tank, too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I develop shows, and you spend, like, six months really, like, putting your heart and soul into something. It's often very personal. And then the tastemakers decide that they aren't going to make it. Your pilot. And you're, you know, you're thinking it's all great, and it's all going there. And then it's like, oh, it's, it's done? It's just done. Like this thing that you've been thinking about 24/7 is suddenly done and it's gone and it just wipes away and then there and then you know you're like okay now what's the next idea? But they just want you to you know like I'm I'm on a deal so it's like my job is to come up with shows is to create shows. But and it's brutal and no matter if, even if you're like oh I feel like this was really a great idea and this was funny and these characters are good, it doesn't matter it's, it's done and here's the it's thing over. about being done it's over and those things when they're done and over you can't resurrect them right right you can't you can't I mean I could shoot if if I was really pushing the the issue I could probably shoot something but and create it myself but at the end of the day a you know uh, you know whether it's Fox or CBS whatever network said no to it it often the other networks go oh well it was passed over here so we don't want sloppy seconds so you know like you're and you're just it's, it's done. done it's done the, the, you know it's it's rough it's rough and 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 in my case I had all the like you know the fanciness of like being with a really good producing pod mm -hmm. and being with 20th Century Fox you know like like being connected and like having some momentum and I can't push it over the top. 
So like you and I'm so I'm one of what hundreds of people who get their scripts bought or sell their idea, sell their pitch and and there's yeah. no room, there's, there probably isn't any room for you to do anything like, do you know who I am? You know, you don't, you can't do that. <laughs> and they're that. like, we know who you we are. We know who you are. We gave you money already. <laughs> um, yeah. and, but there's, there's also that feeling of where you can't have your ego involved at all. You, you just can't. go, you're done. Yeah. It's essentially one minus one is zero. Right. And there's no, you can't go, one minus one is zero. Or you, it's like saying two and two is four. Isn't that sad? Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, it's like writing and creating, but. I can equate it, it's very parallel to actors who, you know, you audition, you test, you, you're up for, against hundreds of people, and things that are out of your control make you not get the part, you know, and, and so for, as a writer and creator, like, there's some things where I go, oh, you know, I can only speak from my own experience. Last year, the network I was at was, wasn't really green lighting things that were driven by women. Uh, it was a lot of like a, my pilot had a female lead, and it oh, was sort of, exciting. and it was you know you could see that everything they picked up was very like male driven. And, was and that this go, last go round? This last go round. So that yeah. was the time that like like father and son or that son's show came on, Dads right? Came on. Dads, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right exactly. Is that a good example? Dads, of that? Yeah. enlisted, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right. You know. Right. So like uh, you know, and I was like, and whether or not it, that might have been one of a thousand reasons why it didn't get picked up. Right. But it. But it still was a reason. You know, right. like you still go, oh, like the trend for that particular season, and you know they're dealing with things that are beyond my control and beyond their control. You know, they've got they've got to sell their shows to people who buy advertising. You know, like it's all like a big it's hot out mess. Of, it sounds like <laughs> exactly. It sounds like it's out of everyone's hands, yeah, I mean, you, and everybody's going, whose hands are these in? Yeah. Is this in? So what I try to do is just be like, I want to. This is stuff I like. This is stuff I'm passionate about. This is very personal to me. I'm going to write this particular show. Right. And just not try to like think about what the trends are and what, you know, will fit and you can't, but that's, all that kind I, of stuff. I, I, I've yeah. been really thinking about this, I, this, this, this phrase lately, reverse engineering. Uh -huh. and, and artists can't really reverse engineer. No. We, it's not a math problem. Again, if you go, and the we answer try. is four. We try a lot. Oh, like, I bet it, you do, yeah. but you can't be ahead of the trends. No. Now, now, pitch perfect. Like You yeah. take your movie that was based on a book, right? Yeah. That you and... Um, Loosely, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so you take that movie, and, you, and, you, and, and in that way, there's... There is a little bit of reverse engineering in that, isn't there? Like there wasn't at all, actually, because, well, I just wanted to tell, I, just, I thought the acapella world was like the improv world that I thought was amazing that we should tell a story about this. Right. And I didn't know anything about it because mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a lot like the improv world, and I think, and I end up being kind of right. There's kind a lot of, of right. similarities, yes, you know? Yes, 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 and, yes. Um, but I had never done it, so I didn't want to write my first screenplay about something I didn't know. And then I told my friend Liz, Banks that I was like, I want to write an acapella movie. And then a year and a half later, she finds out there's this book coming out that was the research that I needed to like see that women are underdogs and all that kind of stuff. So it was based off of his book. That, what I took from the book really what's was his, that, What's the author's name? Uh, Mickey Rapkin. Yeah, right. And he followed three or four groups around for a year. Mm -hmm. And so when you read that book, what I got from that was like, oh, f women are the underdogs in this world. And so that was became the nugget of the story. And it became like a, you know, bring it on, but you know, women versus guys or whatever. Right, that bring it on yeah. movie too. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right. I, did, I did too, and it was right. really like you know, a lot of the parallels are just an homage to to that movie. But, but it's also an homage. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's yeah. also an homage to all the underdog movies. It's an yeah, homage yeah. to somebody who has a passion about exactly, something. Yeah. And that story in itself, where who can't relate to that sort of thing? But keep going. Yeah, and then you root for them and you want them to, you know, it's. Because it's, I'm it's, not there. It's Rudy, you know. Right. It's, like, it's Rudy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, so we sold it to Universal and I wrote it before Glee came out. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I was not thinking, I was not reverse engineering and going, like, I'm writing a female empowering movie. I was like, I just want to write a funny movie right. in which the reality is that it's women who are underdogs in this world, right? So I write it, then Glee comes out. Glee's huge. Universal was like, why would we have an acapella movie when Glee, when people can watch it on TV, right? I mean, and again, there's probably a bunch of other reasons why it was dead for a couple years, but it sat on a shelf for several years. I wrote it, and it didn't come out till four years after I wrote the first draft. So it's it was dead for a while, and then it was like um, the one of uh, Liz Banks who ended up producing it. She it was like her agent who like slipped it to the right person at Universal, but then it, it eventually got this like second life, 
and another like the second chance and um and then the people who greenlight the movies there like read it and greenlight but we it was a lot of like maneuvering like gold circle which is another production company had to come on um, and join uh, Brownstone Productions. How do you know all this shit? You just I'm know. in it. I'm well, in, I know, like, I know. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you go, there's no way you're going to know that until you're in it. Yeah. And then when you're in it, is there somebody that... that I mean, we had to come up with a sizzle reel. Like, right. uh, uh, they, the Universal... A sizzle reel is a, is, is a, is a, is a, is a short little... Uh, yeah, short, it's, it's like a, a five-minute thing saying, like, this is the tone of what the movie's exactly. going to look like. It's, it's not the movie, but yeah. it's, a, it's a feeling. And so, like, it, right? like, Jason Moore, who directed Pitch Perfect, right. he, he put, like, bits from Anchorman and, like, like it was like you know where they're singing Afternoon Delight like there was stuff like that right. or the, from stuff from the sing off and whatever and jokes and stuff and I was in this when they were watching the Universal execs, execs watch this so you were real. watching them watch that yeah right. and they were laughing and they're like that's great like, <laughs> like but that's not our movie like you're, la you're laughing at like bits that are funny from other people's right, right, movies right you might so, have <laughs> like and here's here's Charlie Chaplin's little tramp yeah. and, you know, yeah. and, and here's like, an old lady falling downstairs and America's funny so many Yeah, times. and they're just like, oh, that's hilarious. The movie's going to be great. And you're like, no, it's, it's what's in, the, in, in here. But, but ultimately, like, the timing ended up being actually great because mm. Glee, like, kind of simmered a little bit, right. you know, and, um, and then, like, Rebel Wilson coming on and oh, Anna Kendrick that, and right. that whole cast. Like, it was sort of, I think it ended up being the right time. I, 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 Rebel Wilson, I, oh, Rebel Wilson, uh, Rebel I did, I taught a class at, uh, when I was the artistic director at Second City, I taught a week-long immersion. Uh-huh. And Rebel... Did she do it? Rebel came, but this is when Rebel Wilson was this woman called Rebel Wilson. She was just this human being uh -huh. named Rebel yeah, Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she flew from... Australia. Australia. Yeah. To study with me. I love it. And then it. she did that, and then she sent me an email saying how much she was, she really loved my class and that sort of thing. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? It, well, I gotta tell you, she... I, you know, Facebook friended me and sent a message prior to her being Rebel Wilson, prior to Bridesmaids. And she was just like, she was, I think she was, she may have still been living in Australia. And she's just like, I love 30 Rock and I'm a fan of your writing. And often I won't like say yes to people I don't know or, or, or like if I don't have like mutual friends on Facebook or whatever right. with somebody. And I didn't with her, but I looked at her profile. It was like one of the few times where I was like, oh, this seems like an interesting person. Said yes to her. Mm -hmm. And then I'm watching Bridesmaids, and I'm like, wait a second, I know that lady. Which I don't really know her, but it's like I just like know her pictures. And then I'm like, oh, she's like she's super interesting, right? Right. So the character of Fat Amy, with you right. know, I, uh, it was really tricky to cast that part because it, the character's called Fat Amy. Right. There were several actresses who were offended when we approached them to play that part. And, and that character has to be really confident and love themselves and glamorous and awesome and all those right, things. Right, right. So I send, through Facebook, I send a thing to Rebel where I was like, hey, you know, there's a... I, did, I, just, I didn't, again, try to be sensitive because I didn't know her. I was right. like, hey, fatty. read this movie. Right. You know, like, right. see if something speaks to you <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and so she, you know, and, and she had gotten the movie, the script actually from because her manager she, at the same time. She, right, because she had a career in Australia. Australia. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and she had just done a movie with Liz Banks, uh, uh, which was the What to Expect When You're Expecting. So I think like Got they it. had worked together Got or whatever. It. So Got when it. I pitched Rebel to play Fat Amy to them, right. they were like, oh, she's great. We just worked with her. She's awesome. And so I send the script to her, and she reads it immediately, and she gets back to me all through Facebook. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and was like, I think I can play a smashing Fat Amy. And I was like, fantastic. And I happened to be there when she auditioned for it and like, was able to, she kind of came in with one thing, gave her sort of a, a like, where, where I was thinking the character was, and then, of course, she made it this great thing, and it ended up being awesome, so. I, and for me, the takeaway with that is, look at what you, look at what happens to you when you're confident. Uh-huh. That's what I, that's yeah. what I look at that. Yeah. And I look at that, and I think, you are the one that's in charge of your confidence. Mm -hmm. I can't give you confidence. And, and you can say, yes, well, you know, I was talking to Carell the other day, and Carell said, and I knew that Steve's family always 
helped him. Oh, he said, what do you want to do? And we're going to help you do that. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. he did that. And um, you might want to just try that as an experiment with your child. I don't know. You might want to do that. Just see what happens. So um, With my child, I'm like, she's only four months old. I was like, you don't want to be president. That would be a terrible job. Right? Like, I wouldn't. I don't want her to be president of the United States. No, 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 no. I mean, could you think no. of anything more awful try this to also. do in your life? Right. But don't be pretty and don't be nice. Be a nerd. Right, be exactly. A nerd. Be a nerd. And Acme. 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 I suddenly had a Looney Tunes cartoon. So, um, the idea of... Of, of saying, like one day saying, I've got confidence. I And even if you fake confidence, one day you're going to stop faking confidence. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Well, of course. That's right. how, I feel like that's how I've done most things in my life. Well, I'm going to say, like, when, when you, when, when, uh, when, you, when I first met you and you were in, I didn't even think you were an actress at Boom. For some reason, why do I remember you working in the office? No. I, for some reason, I remember you in the office at Boom in Amsterdam, and um, and I. But well, I, I was the corporate um, director that's of corporate shows. Right, whatever. that's yeah. why I remember yeah. that because then yeah. that was that was up there in the office, right? So, and I remember the energy that you had and the vibrancy that you had and the oh. effervescence, the effervescence that you had and the effervescence, which is a Dutch that's word. A, that's a dirty word. That's a dirty word in Dutch. Um, all of that. I remember all of that and I'm going, that person, that person. I, and, and, and I don't know that you were cast in that show until we, I went, I, you know, that, that we got to get we got to get you in there. Yeah. You know, there's there's well that corporate position was like a new. I auditioned in Chicago and mm -hmm. then they I was on the short list and then, brought over. And then Andrew. Andrew asked if I Andrew like Moscow's. I wanted Andrew Moscow's. I really wanted to stop temping at in Chicago. I was temping at the Prudential Building. Mm -hmm. I was working at a place called Everyday Learning and it was like a publishing place. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and so Andrew had said. They were gonna do this new, like, corporate director, new position where you're, you do all the corporate shows and you like run them like a stage manager, and then you're also in them and and whatnot. And that came first before like this. If you if I had waited six months, I would have come in as a cast member. Right, and but, I wouldn't have met you. Oh right. I don't well, think I met you. really? No, because. Oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah. I said yes to that first. Right. Also, I, I, I want to say, too, like, I was crazy green. Like, I had only done Second City. Which was City. also your nickname in college, right? Crazy green. Yeah, Loose cannon, crazy green. Um, <laughs> um, and I, like, wanted to start, I wanted to take the learning make it bigger and get more practical. Like I was taking classes at Second City and I, I, I wasn't all the way through I.O. You know, I think I was at level four at I.O. And I was like, yes, I want to go. I was faking it. I was faking confidence and right. being like, I want to go go and do that thing of a job that didn't exist prior to that, that I was sort of making the rules on. I was the one that was least in the know and had to be the one that was most in the know. Right. And it, it had a lot of... faking it in then too, I was right? faking it so hardcore. Right. Like, you know, and I never, I'd never flown by myself at that point. And here I was flying they have pilots Amsterdam. now that will do that. Do you don't what? have to fly. Hmm. Interesting you say that because when I when I got on the plane to Amsterdam, I said to her, I've like I said to the flight attendant, I was like, I'm I'm really afraid to fly. And she goes, It's a good thing you don't have to do it. The pilots <laughs> the pilots will do it. And I was like, you smart. Yeah, her, I know her. <laughs> As I'm like she pale so, and I, sweating, I, like <laughs> white knuckling <laughs> everything and so scared. Right. Yeah. Right. So but all those things were, 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 were like a couple of things that you just mentioned are things where you say, I have this in front of me mm. and I am in charge of saying, yes, I can do that. Uh, in charge of that. I'm in charge of saying, yes, I can do that. Or I'm in charge of going, you know what? N not right now. Yeah. Or, but you went now. Now. And I feel like you have to kind of do that for me. I d did that even with like, with writing. Like I had never taken a class on writing. I never, I mean, I, I just started writing because I wasn't getting things that I was auditioning for and I wanted to take control over it a little bit right. and write for myself. At Second City, you clearly write for yourself. Right. And so I just was like, I'm, I, I, to this day, it's sort of hard for me to even say I'm a writer, like because I, in my mind, it was like, no, I'm a performer, and I just happen to write. Well, I see you, I but, see you as a performer. Yeah. I mean, because I don't see you writing, and yeah. the things that I see you do, your name's on it on Thirty Rock, and some of the 
funniest fucking episodes, Kay. You're a part of it. Um, and uh, and when I say, oh yeah, Kay wrote that, but I still see you as just until the. The so, acting career comes mix in, know, right? It's like it's like ten years later. It's like right. she, uh, what's right. she doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's what Pasquazzi used to say. It's like I'm just doing this acting gig until um, a rib delivery job comes around. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it it is that thing where, uh, and, and the reason what what got me there was, um, uh, and I mentioned this talking about Mo Gaffney. Um, and Mo said that she and Kathy and Jimmy would write stuff because nobody was writing stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important to go, you know what? The universe is going to take care of you up to a point, and when they stop taking care of you, they have the universe has confidence that it's like, you take the ball now and I'm gonna be behind you. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it yourself. Like and especially um, if you're feeling as though like for myself I, I didn't fit one category of like I wasn't gonna walk into an audition and then be like you we want you she fits this part this sort of like ethnically ambiguous woman who's like not a character actress per se and then not like the ingenue like I fell in the middle and like right. nobody knew you know like if you were to come to an improv show and be like oh I see how I could fit her into something but I wasn't gonna walk into an audition and like read their words and nail something and, and win over everybody else who's right. getting offers. So like you, you just had to, I just started to just write for myself and then I think you should like always ride the horse in the direction it's going. And so like when writing started to take off, it was like, okay, I'm doing this. Cause like, you know, the truth of it is like writing takes over and you're just, I'm just not available to perform anymore. Like I'm not available to, to get to audition or get parts or whatever. Like I, you know, I'm writing for whatever show or whatever movie or whatever, you know. And like, you know, I wrote a new girl and wrote a part for myself in one of the episodes I wrote and I played wondering. it, you know. Yeah. And and so you you constantly just still trying to like just make it happen for myself. But isn't it also <laughs> you know? about you not you not um what's the word I'm looking for? You not pigeonholing you. Trying you, to, yeah. But you're not yeah. trying to because you're still writing parts for yourself. Yeah. You're writing these things and you're opening yourself. Because So you, if you say, I'm a writer, then suddenly you're going, I'm a writer. But if yeah, you yeah, go, yeah. I'm a writer and, I'm yeah. a writer plus, I'm a writer ellipsis, I'm a writer. And it's happening again because uh, I, f I st was starting to feel like I was getting stuck again where it was just like, okay, I'm a writer who does this. Mm -hmm. And now my thinking is like, I want to direct. Like, right. So it's like, it, it keeps going. Like, I've never directed something. I mean, I've, I've been on sets for hours upon hours and giving notes to actors and all that kind of stuff as a producer, but you don't, I've never actually you've never, directed. You've never directed, you didn't direct any 30, any 30 Rock. Mm -mm. Did, uh, but some of. But I wanted to, but some, yeah. Did, did some of the actors direct? Uh. No. no. So it's not like uh, Mad Men where John Slattery would, would Slattery, Slattery would, yeah, Slattery right, right, right. No, um, yeah, right. It never got to that point. Like uh, the uh, John Regie, who was an executive producer on Thirty Rock, mm -hmm. who you know was on the was you know a member of the writing staff. He started to direct a lot in the last like two or three years. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, you know, like Jeff Richmond uh, would had directed some. That's right. You know, like That's a, right. As a, That's right. So and, uh, and then like husband. yeah, Tina's husband. And then like our first ads would. Would started to direct or whatever. It was mm. it was pretty competitive to try to get into the Thirty Rock directing. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I think, but I also at the time, like I have such, it's like you have such great respect for it too. You know, for directing and like, can I do it? And do I have enough knowledge yet to do it? And so I did. I didn't really push it at that point. Now I feel like I'm at a, like, okay, now I'm ready to take on that task. And and don't you see do it, it right now? As as mm. so when I look at something and I think, oh, I can't do that, and suddenly one day I wake up and I go, I can do that. Yeah. And then I go, I want to do that. I'm gonna That's do exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Where, where I'm feeling right now in this moment about like directing. Where give, it's like, it give it to yeah, me. Give it to me. Like, I want to do that. I am gonna do that. I can do that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Give it to me. And what's yeah. so, also so interesting to me is um, the, like because um, you mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned it earlier on in the conversation of. Being a woman and being in this career, and, and you, you alluded to it in a certain mm -hmm. way, and it's just so so wonderful that we live in a time right now. At least I feel like we live in a time right now where that's less and less of an issue. Yeah. But and yet it's an issue, like the fact that yeah. they're doing men a lot of men thing. They're doing that that stuff. But, yeah, that was so particular to that particular time. Right. You know, um, yeah, because I. I mean, I always, I, I think about this a lot, actually, because I get asked about it a lot. Like, I get asked about, like, ladies in comedy or ladies in the entertainment <laughs> world or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I've been feeling more and more, it's like, there is no sense in complaining about right. where you where you are. That if you're going to complain, complain behind closed doors and whatnot. It's doing. You have to do. And do you, you have to like. I have to write. You know, like in, in thinking about the sequel, for example, because Pitch Perfect, we're doing a sequel, and that's right. what I'm working on right now. I almost didn't take that job. Like I almost thought. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's gonna. Like sequels are hard, and it's it's gonna, it's gonna suck or whatever. Like you go through all those things in your mind, and I was like, I don't really necessarily think I want to do that but really what got me to do it a couple things Jason Moore was like don't you think it'll the, be fun the director, the director, the director was, yeah. yeah and he's not directing the second one um, but Elizabeth Banks is directing the oh, second great. one oh great yeah and super great and but I'm sorry he, super great super I, great I don't know what word super great super. comes in yet okay good good, 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 good. <laughs> no but it's to my point of like it was like oh am I really going to give over Someone else is going to, like, the sequel's going to get made, and someone else would be writing it, and do I want to give over that? At the end of the day, it kind of becomes about power in a way. It's like, these characters I created are, someone else is going to write them. But it, that's not so, about power, it's about, isn't it about, and I, and I say this in a way that that isn't a capitalistic thing, but it's also about the sense of ownership, the yeah. sense of creation. Right. And I created these things, and for you to sit back and go, <laughs> I did the first one, and look what happened to the second one. Yeah, I, I wanted, I felt like, oh, we have an interesting story that we're telling. You know, at the time when I was it wasn't going to do it. I was like, I have no idea in my head what it could be. Right. Now we have like an interesting story and I'm so glad that I said yes to doing it. Right. But, and, and it's an example again of just like, like instead of complaining, it's like doing, do. Now right. we've got a female director with a female writer with a mostly all female cast, you know, and it, of, of a, of a, uh, um, a franchise that's making people millions. Right. So the, that, the movie what grossed that, at 60 million. That's right. what I saw. That's what I saw on IMDb. Domestically, yeah. Domestically. But, it, but it was more where its money was made because it was this like sleeper hit was DVD sales right. and um, on but demand and stuff like that. Yeah. Sake, and internationally you know I mean? did well. Right. Yeah. So you look at that franchise and even if, and, and this is on, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if what I can talk about, it's, it's public knowledge, but the movie cost $15 million to make, isn't that right? No, 17, yeah. 17, yeah. 17 to make. And then you look at something and you go, that made 60, domestic, $60 yeah. million. Yeah. And even if it's, is this going to be more or less? to make it'll be more it'll but be more. but it should i mean the, the projections are of course it's like now it's a known thing right it was like in the zeitgeist so now people right. you know they're they're project, like fans will come to the actual movie isn't theater. that exciting we were up against taken two right and um we were up against a lot of like really like it was it was a big we opened in taken, october taken is it a horror movie it's a liam neeson it's oh, like right. a suspense <laughs> right, right. and i like my whole like competitive edge i was like i really think pitch perfect's gonna take taken two down <laughs> like and like even like opening weekend and liz and max is her husband and he's also a producer they were like no taken two's gonna kill kill us and i was like no, i don't think so i'm gonna put it on facebook and, and twitter they're very similar movies we were destroyed destroyed but they're not <laughs> you're not even in the same ballpark <laughs> as that movie you know those are two right. separate games yeah it's so funny to me like that but it's is so, so great funny. that they like like you know fans really found the movie you know after it it's really, a charming story yeah. oh thanks you know yeah. And also, who doesn't like music? Right. I don't even need any story. No. Do some good music in there. Right. Right. But and, and at the end at the end of the day, uh, oh God, it's just I'm so excited for you. I get so excited for you, for you, and for uh, because the, there is a buoyant again. I'm gonna go back to this: the buoyancy that you have, the joy that you have, and oh. and how fun it is to work with you, and how fun it is to hang out with you. I don't hang out with you at all, but uh, but when I did back we in the old days, we, we used to. to, we used to, and and and. To be around that and how inspiring that is to be around that joy. Does that, you know what I mean? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's nice of you to say that because sometimes you feel like you get tired mm -hmm. and you feel like you've been working a lot of hours and uh, I, I never feel jaded, but you can feel like you're, it's being sucked, <laughs> like the joy is being sucked sure. out of you. And so it's nice to be, to remember like, oh no, this is, this is fun. Like I often say this to, uh, you know, my husband and I will write together a lot. And I'll say, like, we get to do this. Like, we get to. If I wasn't doing this, I would be begging someone to pay me to do this. It would be like, wow, I'm, I, I love working 15-hour days. Like, it's fantastic, you know. And so I, when I think about that, I'm always 
it makes me feel really good. Like it, you're it's grateful. Like, I'm super grateful. I'm just like that. I get to do this, and this is exciting, and it's fun, and all the frustrations. It's just frustrations. It's just like any work right. place would have. And, and those frustrations also m make it so that it's that it's that idea of if you don't, uh, in order for there to be darkness, there has to be light. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and that idea. So it's not the frustration like you take the you take the good, you take the bad, the light, you know, you know <laughs> kind of it's you like owe, you owe forty thousand dollars. I know. Shh, I'm gonna take that out of the carbon. It's like man, I got, it's gonna turn out to be. It's happy birthday. Oh, you can't do that either. <laughs> I remember Joe Liss and I did a show, Make Me Laugh. Do you remember that show, Make Me Laugh? On it was a it was a, a it was um. A show on comedy, not Comedy Central, but the Comedy Channel. Before Comedy Central, there was oh, something. Okay. No, and they, I can't and it was Disney. That. Disney ran it, and it was a it was a panel full of guys who are going to make these regular people laugh. I, I remember they, hearing, I remember seeing like clips from that. Great. Show, yeah. And Joe, Liss, you know Joe, right <laughs> yeah. from Second City, who's just awesome. And Joe and I got hired to do that show. I think we we're out here, and they said you. Have, <laughs> we ask you to do one thing. We just ask you not to sing a song that anybody knows. And so we did. We improvised this whole thing, and, and, and the whole thing ended up with us singing "Happy Birthday." And you watch people going, "No, they take the headphones off and go, no." And then later on, they at intermission go, "We have to do that whole thing again." It's like what? It's like "Happy Birthday." Like, oh, don't, you know? You can't. You you won't be able to use this. But uh, it reminds me of a story at Thirty Rock where um, I I was I'm I am a big lover of cheese, and uh -huh. a lot of the like cheese jokes with Liz Lemon were like kind of uh -huh. came from my like if you were to describe me in the writers room. It's like she's the cheese girl, um, and so there's one episode where like Liz is like it's at night and she's having some cheese and she's like working all my night cheese <laughs> whatever. Okay, so I like I'd pitch that or whatever and it got in the show and, and we didn't think anything of it. Who sings that? Night Ranger? Bob Seger. Bob Seger. Yeah. Night Ranger. Um, What's Bob Night Ranger? <laughs> Wait, isn't Night Ranger? A, that's a group. Oh, Sister Christian, right. <laughs> you don't know the group Night Ranger? No, I don't. Wasn't that a show with, where the car talked? That's that's Night Rider, yo. Oh, we're so close. What album do they have? So anyway, so so Bob Seger, his people or whatever, it's, it's Bob Seger, huh? Yeah. Uh, this goes to show you how ignorant we were. Like, they call up, his people call up, and they're like, you can't use our song. And so... We had to pay, or you know, Thirty Rock had to pay. It was like forty thousand dollars to do a joke that's like working on my night. <laughs> like that was like the most expensive joke they've ever had. Uh, <laughs> like mm, sorry. <laughs> but someone should have caught that at corporate. They corporate, should have corporate, that. corporate, 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 those people corporate, are. NBC corporate. There's some lawyers. lines in there's some lines in that show that I look at that I was I would, I would read I would hear those lines and I would go who the fuck what the fuck and and it was it was uh, Alec was talking to Tina and, and the line was something like you're the diaper that washed up on shore of the beach. I don't know if that means anything to you. Yeah, Do you remember it does. That? But was that in the seventh? Was that in the last season? I don't think it was in the last season. But I looked at it and I was like, I had to stop it and rewind it to go. How the fuck does your mind? Does somebody's mind work to put that that joke yeah. together? It would. I would say it's often, almost always, Robert Carlock, mm -hmm. who is the like head writer, long showrunner with, with Tina. Um, but 30 Rock had so many jokes. Like, in the first couple seasons, I could, if you said a joke, I would be like, I know exactly who pitched that joke, and I know, I can remember being in the room and hearing, you know, like, I could, I could keep track. When you got to, like, this, I was there for six seasons. I didn't do the last um, 13 episodes. I came out here. Um, and, uh, but you would, like, I would, I, I, I started in the fifth and sixth seasons. It's like, Oh my God! Like we, we would we would pitch a joke or something, and we go, Oh my gosh, we already did that! Like that joke, because there were just so many. The first couple of episodes of writing Thirty Rock, like you'd you'd want like you know a joke or two on every every page, mm -hmm. and then by the fifth sixth season, it was just like joke 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 joke. If you didn't have a dozen jokes on one page, you, you weren't doing your that? job. What do you feel about that? Um, well, I that sounds, sounds exhausting. It is, but like the people who like Robert, for example, and the other writers. On the show, they they were great at it. It was awesome, and you started like any muscle, like you started to really get good at, you could get better at it. I would not say the jokes are, were my forte per se. I would say like you know, scenarios, improvising moments, or like you know, character stuff. I think like that's where I 
and, and ideas for story and stuff like that. I think those were my strengths. Mm-hmm. But you definitely got like better at it because you had to. Like right. you, that was the nature of the job. Right. And it was just like super fast. I prefer sort of like when I look back at those first couple of seasons. Like I definitely prefer the slower paced. That's right. And I even asked. then, it wasn't super slow. Like, it, but it was definitely slower than where we ended up. And every year we would start with the year they would say like, okay, we're going to do less story, less dense story. We're going to slow it down. And then it would just like this machine would just get going, and it just kind of the show was what the show was like that. And you had to accept that. And, but isn't and, that beautiful about it? Where where it it then takes on this life of its own. In a way, it's not that it takes on its life of its own. The characters are so strong. Yeah. The, the the relationships are so strong. The dynamics are so strong that you got to go. These guys want to have more. Th- things to say right now. Yeah, yeah. You, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, the hardest part in the whole series, and I, again, not being there for the last 13, it was, like, it was always going back to, like, what does Liz Lemon want? And, like, we could never really figure out what she wanted. And so, you know, and, and you couldn't, be the whole arc of the show, the series, it's like you couldn't give her what she wanted right away. You know, like, so you... Was, and even if she got what it was that she wanted, yeah. it was it was it, even if she got what it was that she wanted, it wasn't really what she wanted. Yeah. It was a variation or an of aberration yeah, of that yeah. where you go, this is mm, not so yeah. much. Yeah. But it was such a I have to say, like being at Thirty Rock was like such an education. Like I mean, that was you're working with the best people and you're learning so much and, and you live in to, New York. And and you was living in New York and I wasn't getting to enjoy New York the way that you'd want to because you're working so many where hours. Where did you live? I lived in the West Village. Uh huh. That's just pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, did you live near? But we worked in Queens, and so like. That's right. You had to slip all the way to Queens. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because uh, Rachel Hamilton used to live in the West Village. Yeah, she yeah, had, yeah. We lived. Have you we been, lived close together? I'd never. I think she moved before I got her there. Her apartment yeah. was awesome. She lived across the street from that crazy Julian Schnabel building. Oh yeah, you know the building yeah, I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, where I he do. did this building, and, and suddenly people are like, "What the fuck just happened to our neighborhood?" It's like it's the face of a dragon, and it flies, and it's like, "Wait a minute, that's not fair." Well, let me tell you something. Before I lived in the West Village, in the West Village, like that apartment, I was in the West Village for like five years, and I cried when I left. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'll never have this." And then you come to LA, and you're like, "Oh, I live in a house. <laughs> it's great." Um, but I lived prior to being in the West Village. I lived up, uh, at 46 and 6th in Midtown, above a Burger King. Uh, and our, we gave our rent check to the owner of the building owned the Burger King, and you'd give your rent check to the Burger King manager. And the um, I, I like, need to write this like story. But, it smelled like, it, it smelled like it didn't smell too bad. It like the first like like you want I, you'd want to smell like fries or something right. like that. It, it didn't. It had like a, a, a distinct smell, but it wasn't anything that was like uh-huh. crazy. And I lived on the fourth floor, and that it was no big deal. But um, I think it was, yeah, I lived on the fourth floor. But below me was uh, Elliot Spitzer's hooker. She lived, and I knew her prior to her being an escort. It was like all a big reveal. What was she prior to being an escort? She was a host at a club. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> and she may have been an escort, <laughs> but I knew her. Like we went on a double date together. She was dating the guy who lived next door. There weren't, weren't there was like four or five apartments in, above, you know, and we all kind of knew each other. And we went to Serendipity together, mm-hmm. and she, I, I borrowed a shirt from her. Right. Like, like, I don't know. I should have known things. Did, I was pretty like, naive. I'm gonna tell, that's such a woman thing too, because <laughs> like a woman would borrow a shirt from a woman, but a guy wouldn't go to a guy and go, "Hey, dude, can I borrow a shirt?" Well, like no time, guy would say, "Can I borrow a shirt?" That's true. That is true. But I was living by coastally. I was here. This is uh-huh. when we would be hanging out when you were like coaching the team that I was on. What team? Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. And so I was, but I, and I was and, flying to New York. Right. And so I would go to SNL and I was like, I need a club shirt. I need to look like interesting <laughs> or try. And so I was like, oh, I'll go ask Ashley downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have known something was going on because like, it was like, oh, she pulled out. Like there was all these, first off there was like, Furs on the ceiling. I mean, I can just remember like it being like a pretty posh apartment, and like, how are you affording all this? And then like, she pulled out this drawer that had like double-sided tape and and boobs. You know, I was like, oh, you're clearly doing something. Like, you're clearly, like, <laughs> like, like you have every possible thing imaginable that a, a woman 
working would have. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. A woman working or a working woman would have. A working woman, <laughs> a working woman would have. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was after I had moved out, whatever, and then the whole thing with Elliot Spitzer came out. And I was and like, went, oh, that's, <coughs> I, that was our neighbor. Yeah. Weird. It's one of those things where, where somebody think, something happens to somebody, you go, I knew somebody like, wait, that was that person. Yeah. And, I, and then you start looking back on all these things and saying, Absolutely. of course that's what yeah. that was. And I was looking at her, like, her picture, the, the initial picture they showed. Was that the one on the uh, boat? There was one um, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. And it didn't look like her mm -hmm. to me. Like, I, I wasn't able to see. And her name was Ashley Dupree, but I knew her as her real name, which I think is Ashley Yemen. Um, and so... I think that's what her last name was, but it was different. So you, I, you see Dupree, and it didn't really look like her. And I was like, and then another picture, and then another, and it's, it's like that movie Less Than Zero, when like it's, it's starting to come together. It's like it's becoming clear. Oh my God! <laughs> there, I, there's so many, there's so many times where, where people that we know, and it's, it's a different thing where someone that we know, and I've mentioned this before, someone that we know that really makes it, and you go, really? <laughs> Really? Really? <laughs> no, but I'm not saying, I'm just saying that I never saw that in them. Not that, uh -huh. God, I mean, that guy's a crazy, not that. Do you have an example? Yes, I do. John Favreau. Oh, where you go? You knew him because you knew him when he was a when he did bus when he bust tables at Second City. Yeah, and he was a guy that just wanted to get into the touring company and couldn't get in. You know what the greatest thing was that ever happened to him? He never got into the touring company. Yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Don't you feel like? I, oh, I definitely yeah. do. Yeah. I definitely do. Well, you know, it's because. But here's the thing: if Lincoln couldn't get into that play, he'd still be president. Well, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't currently be president. You don't know that, Kay. <laughs> you don't know that. All right, you're you right. You're that. right. I don't know that. You, you don't know I'm that. really bad yeah. at math. And, and history and <laughs> physics and science and all medicine. Of those things, yeah, all yeah, of those yeah, things. yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to knock it because that kind of stuff you don't need to know. And but here's the thing. I totally get what you, I absolutely get what you're saying. And I think Ooh, that it's because Second City and the improv community, and I'll, I'll just use Chicago as the example, like that real improv community where you, everybody knows everybody and you're doing stuff at right. Second City and IO and everything. But it's a family, right? So it becomes a family. It feels like a family. So he's like, John Favreau is like the little brother who couldn't tie his shoes. and what, So when he becomes this thing, you're still back. Like, you know, you think about your own family with your own siblings. It's like you are like locked in this time right forever he's not with and these he's people. not and he's yeah. not and no. he's growing yeah like he has his own life like how fucking dare you yeah. you go back behind the bar and you bust <laughs> table nine exactly you know i am certain that there are people like from boom chicago who are like kay's writing what <laughs> she, she got what made what the hell that one right you know like right. you're just like well yeah you know because you all the great things stuff. going on at boom you know what i mean that, yeah. that, that have come i mean seth my god holy cow right you know like, but you also no have seth what's that that's no joke that like, is no joke yeah. that when that happened and he's on the cover of he was on the cover of time, time magazine yeah. and you go what seth Shouldn't he be back busting tables since I can see? <laughs> no. Isn't he, isn't um, he doing like um, preponderate or shows at IO? Exactly. Wasn't that the name of their team? Yeah, I think, right, yeah. right, right, right. Or and he's Jill another Benjamin? example of someone who didn't get into Second City. Right, mm -hmm. right. Another one who yeah. didn't get into Second City. But uh, looking at, uh, it's also Matt Jones, who is on Breaking Bad. And um, what's his name, Jordan Peele? Remember Jordan? What happened to him? Oh, yeah. Jordan Peele. He's doing what? amazing. Is he, is he on a... Is he on a Herald team? Is he on a UCB team now? I think he's still doing like a Macy Gray impression somewhere. <laughs> uh, but Jordan, our whole thing with Jordan was like he never, I, I still don't think he got headshots. Like he's, he never had to get headshots. He was 18, I think, when he worked at Boom Chicago and he was doing great. And we used to tease him about how he'll like go his whole career and never have had to like, he never had to hustle or whatever. And I, I don't mean he didn't work super hard. And isn't like crazy talented. He obviously is. Right. But it, like you know the people who, like myself, like very rules of like you get headshots and you take acting <laughs> classes and you and improv classes and then you go and you audition and whatever right, you know like right. all that stuff like right. that wasn't his. No, because uh, and I also believe that his career was so far ahead of his business. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he was like we're gonna do this. And like shouldn't I or don't I need? Or after a while you go I don't need that. He doesn't need that. Yeah. And I remember when he was at Boom Chicago and the same thing I felt with you and I felt with Colton. Uh, mm -hmm. Colton Dunn, uh, who has three names now. Is he Colton Dunn Murphy or something now? Oh, anyway, is he? Doesn't matter. Oh. Um, but Colton, that I looked at him, it's like, that I was thinking, uh, 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 
I was feeling like they, y'all were on a different level. Like I felt like Brendan was on a different level. Uh -huh. I felt like that Brendan Hunt was on a different level. Um, uh, Joe Kelly was on a different level. I'm not knocking any of those other people, uh -huh. but I feel like there's a drive that these people have, and I felt like, and I still feel, that Boom Chicago in Amsterdam knows how to pick people. Mm -hmm. and I, I do too. Yeah. And I, I think looking back at that particular time, I think that was a very special time. Like, our, you know, the three or four years before I got there and the, th the three or four years after I got there, mm -hmm. I feel like there was like this eight year chunk of a special time of right. like casting people and hi you know, like, cause, you know, Nicole Parker was there, right. Lauren Dowden, you know, like they're, they're uh, Holly Walker, like just like really you, All three special. women, you named all three fucking strong women. And yeah. that was another thing that they did. They were like, let's get these fucking women in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, like Tammy Sager was, I think, in one of the right. first um, right. Uh, right. Uh, groups out there or whatever. And she's like this amazing writer who's out. You worked with her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 30 Rock. And she's fantastic. She's yeah. so great. I love her. She was on the podcast too. Yeah. And she's just so fucking interesting and quirky and live and real. And uh -huh. I don't know if you know, like she, she was, she was at University of Chicago and doing that thing. Do you yeah. know her story? You know yeah, her story? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And hiding from her parents. Her parents, yeah. And she had yeah. a different name. Yeah. And it's like something like 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 Rose Cone or some Jewish old one, old Jewish name. And like, what the fuck? How we pick, like Monica St. Vincent or something. <laughs> but she picked all but all those women, it's a crazy time now for women because when I started out, and I mentioned this before, when I started out, women Dell didn't like women. I felt like Sharna mm. didn't like women. And I felt like that stopped everything. And when there was a cast of five men and two women at Second City, I'd look around and go, what the fuck? You've got yeah. Jackie Hoffman, you've got Amy Sedaris, you've got all the, you've got, you know, Franny, Franny, Fran Adams and Ruth Rodnick, right. all these strong fucking women. And we have these four guys, five guys, you know, they're fine, but bring more fucking ladies in. Mm -hmm. Cindy oh, well, Cabanero. Well, it was like a numbers game too. Like there weren't that many women uh, doing it. I I never met Dell. Like I, he died before I took classes there and didn't know him. Do you I think that if you knew him, him, he'd that, still be alive? Yeah, just like Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I will say, I'd heard the rumors that Sharna didn't really wasn't really into women. And I think again, my time there, like you know, Tina and uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratch, they had all just left and they were all doing SNL and there was like sort of this this awesome time for women at I.O. I felt like I felt like Sharna was sort of her she was sort of changing she was having I, an epiphany and I and I knew this because she had um, a party at her house where she invited 50 impro female improvisers to get to know each other so you had your like you know Bridget Kloss and Stephanie Weir and, and whatnot, and then like myself and Becky Drysdale, like we were new, like we were the new ladies. Becky Drysdale also boom Chicago. Also boom Chicago, right. yeah, and um, and so we were all together, and I remember Sharna being really like pleased with this, like this is happening, oh, and I love that so and much. and so I think it's like you know, it change, it's changing, it's right. changing, and it's shifting in a good way, in a great way, and there's still like a lot to do and right. I think more people do it. I'm a huge fan of Broad City. Like I think right. it's a big ladies just being funny and on a on a network uh, that doesn't uh, did, didn't have female leads like this, you know, like it's following workaholics and it's right. it's just awesome. Right. Like, it's an workaholics, awesome time. which is just such a guy show. Yeah. And but I the love them that and show. I think that's yeah. super the funny. Women too. on those show that show's really Mary Beth Monroe right, exactly. and uh, uh, Jillian Bell, is that her yeah, last name? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Who I think yeah. is fantastic. And, right. Yeah. Oh, she's uh, so great too. So great. And you look yeah. at those two women. Ah, love you, ladies. <laughs> what, what time's your show? Do you have a show tonight? You have a no, show tonight? uh, uh. You don't have a I show. I did a show tonight. yesterday. You did a show last yesterday. Night. Yeah, with Drysdale. Oh right. Yeah. Becky Drysdale. She's. She... I think she's one of the funniest ladies. I've ever ever worked with, but also just like I just think she's so funny and so good. I agree. And so talented. And I also think because I have an affinity towards human beings that are honest mm -hmm. and uh, will call you on your shit. And that Becky Drysdale, she fucking calls you on your shit. <laughs> yeah, I was just teasing Becky last night because she is uh, she's a homosexual, which she is. Yeah. Uh, I, I met her fiance. <laughs> yeah, who was, like, yeah, yeah. Who's great and. I, but I was teasing Becky because I feel like a lot of my straight girlfriends like fall in love with her and end up like fooling around. This is back in the day before she was engaged. But like, like have either fooled around with her or like I was always like Becky. 
<laughs> back it up. Like, like they're, they're, you know, this is like my friend is married. She has children. Like that's not like. <laughs> but there's something about her that's very like it's super appealing and super and it and it you know, fun to watch. She's gender. fun to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you look at somebody like that's the spirit that I'm attracted to. Yeah. And I don't mean to say sexually attracted to, no, but I attracted mean, to in yeah. a way where you go, I want to know more about you. Who the fuck are you? So when somebody walks into a room and you get and and those of us who really can feel this energy, and I've turned to this guy. Um, <laughs> good where, job, somebody, everybody. Right, good, good job, job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> where somebody walks into a room and you go, that person. I want to talk to that person. Yeah. And how exciting it is to just to feel that from somebody. And yeah, I, think I, I felt that way a lot about Karen Gracchi, who yes. is a great improviser. When I first met Karen... I saw her performing, and I had that feeling of like I want to get to know her. Right. Who is that person? And went to her like as a stranger, and was just like, "Would you join our improv group?" You know, like, and she didn't even know who I was, but I just wanted to be so much a part of. It. And like, we're like great friends to this day. And she's it's, so it's, awesome too. So awesome, and you know, teaches a lot of improv and, yeah. and, and all that, and she also writes and stuff. And but it was, but it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, there's just certain people you're like, I don't want to be away from this person. This person is so right? fun to be around. And, I think of Keegan. You know. I think of uh -huh. Keegan where yeah, I go, yeah. Keegan, Michael, yeah, I go, uh, I, and that, that feeling of don't go away. I want to be, where are you going? Can I go to the bathroom with you? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're pooping. Can I just sit and talk to you while you're pooping? You know, it, it yeah. doesn't have to be that. But well, no, but I'm I know what you mean. Say, but yeah. like, and uh, Keegan, you just like, you can just sit and be quiet and just let him take the center stage for right. hours. Right. Like, you know, those kind of people that you just want to. They're, here. Right, and they're of a spirit that is almost a religious sort of thing, and I don't mean to go, oh, but I mm -hmm. feel no, like yeah. there's a calmness that Keegan has, there's a directness, there's also a, a clarity that people have, and I look to that clarity, mm -hmm. and I look to I look to those people that have that confidence that I feel like you're genuine, you're real, you're here, you're present, and you're going to be honest with me. Yeah. There's nothing that you're trying to sell me or to convince me of. Yeah, you don't want to hang with, like, Shifty shady people. <laughs> but I think, the pe I think some that, people do. They hang with shifty shady people, maybe thinking, I'd like to find out what's it like to be shifty shady. But I also think that maybe they see themselves as shifty shady yeah. people too. Yeah. I don't know. I I I find like if I'm if I'm evaluating myself, like I I find like um, alpha males. I have like a real love hate relationship with alpha males <laughs> and like I want to hang out with them I want to like I think it's the thing where I want to be like the alpha male uh, up against them or or whatnot right. like I, I I really love their confidence and I'm uh, like attracted to all that but at the end of the day it's like a little bit exhausting too you're just like okay be that right go be go be that you want right. to be in charge be in charge you know whatever I can't compete with you or don't want to anymore and on that it, level. Because it know? is a lot of work. It's a tremendous yeah. lot, amount of work because it is that I mean, did you have that when you were doing like Second City No, because I never, ever, I never, ever got involved in the politics or the personality. Uh -huh. um, that was someone who would hire me and when I got hired at Second City, Joyce put me into ETC, for example, and she said, I'm looking for a clown. Uh -huh. I was like, well, you found one. <laughs> and, um, and I know that, that uh, I... She had told me that, and other people in the cast told me that I changed the chemistry of it yeah. because it was very there was in an episode right? there was yeah. in a good way, and I always felt like I always got along with everybody. Um, uh, but then again, I never wanted to work there. Mm -hmm. That was growing up. I never. I felt like I don't want this. Is that's what some other people do? I'm not going to do that. And then I ended up. Not only did I work there, but I, I was the artistic director of it for a yeah, while. Yeah. But I, I never felt like they owed me anything. I didn't feel like I was being shafted in any way because every day that I was there, I loved every day that I was there. Well, it showed. Like it showed in your performances and the the pieces that you did. Yeah. I sort of. I felt like that way too. But I had a different. Like I never had the dream to tour, or. Um, you know, like I wasn't like I just desperately need to be on main stage. I I had that same. I felt I feel like I would equate it to like a healthy take on that institution, of just I I wanted to pay my bills <laughs> at some point where it was like Kelly when I got hired. Kelly Leonard was like called me in and he's like, "What are your goals?" And I think a lot of people answer like, "I want to be on main stage. I want to you know I want this. Or I want SNL. I want." All. And I said, "I want to go to Vegas." because they, were, they had opened up a Vegas show. <laughs> and I was, to me, it was like that was the stop before right. going to L.A. because I knew I wanted to like audition for sitcoms or go to pilot season and whatever, and I right. wanted to pay off my bills and make it to L.A. And, and, and I had a very a mind of like, like 
the talk, the, the talk, the clock is ticking and you're this age now and don't like waste years on the second city stage, like get to LA, get there and do it and make it happen. So I think he was like, wow, you want to go <laughs> to Vegas, which was at the time this very unchartered, right. like kind of difficult situation. Kind of, yeah. And, um, and, and then I, that. I, I never, I was an understudy for the touring companies, but I never went on, and I got hired directly to the, to the Vegas stage. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being this amazing experience. Right. Because Some great people there, too. Great. And, it, you know, the, the uh, original show that we did, it was the first original show there. Like, we did a, a best of, uh, no, Mark Rosecca directed Rizeka. it. Rosecca, uh-huh. For the first year there, um, uh, it was a best of second city show but the in the second year it was a, an original and it was like me and jason sudeikis and joe kelly and holly walker and james <laughs> mccarthy it was just like this great like group it was of, a boom chicago people yeah it, it was, but it was like it was, right. it was amazing it was like it was a show that they ended up touring like two or three maybe four things in this and it was a show that didn't have an intermission so it was just an hour 15 of whatever Perfect so to show. have four like scenes touring for second city off of an hour, like it was, it was a really fun, great show. And 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 and, and I look at the show that we did in in Amsterdam. Yeah. That we, I think I was there for three weeks. We worked on that show for two weeks. We got two acts of material in that show. Went up right away. Yeah. And I felt felt that that was strong material. And I'm only comparing it because. <clears throat> it worked so quickly and everybody connected so so strongly yeah and I, I, that was so great and every once in a while you get the stars aligning in that way and you go I don't think it's ever gonna I don't it's not supposed will to be will it be this way again yeah. right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and, right. and, and that particular show I think it was only seven weeks or six weeks mm -hmm. before we put a show on and you know at Second City they take months right I know, you know? and I know. Uh, we were just it was fast 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 and it also it taught me how to write because we weren't we didn't have improv sets because it was Vegas right. and then nobody would stick around for that shit. So it was, uh, you know, they were, they want to go gamble and spend money and right. do whatever. Nobody wants to stand around, right. <laughs> no one wants to be like, um, an office, like black, yell out suggestions. <laughs> that blackout didn't work. Let me tell you what you need yeah, to do. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to like, come into rehearsal with written right. uh, sketches. And Joe Kelly, he was this awesome... Uh, it was, it was this awesome workhorse, and mm. he would like bring in like five or six sketches every every day. So then you were like, okay, right. I, I guess that's what I got to do too, you know. That kind I of think thing. we got to go. We got to go. How are you? Good to see you. Um, I'm sorry we just end that way, but this is this is what a great how did we do? To. How did we do? I think we did well. You want to keep talking? I'm just talking no. Great. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you, Kate Cannon, for reminding us that there's no sense in complaining about not getting what you want. Just do it yourself. Make that mantra. Your mantra, listeners. ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Thanks, Laura Parker, my co-producer, my dear friend, musician extraordinaire, Al Rose, for our theme song, I Feel Like a Million Dollars, from Al's album, Sad Go Lucky. Ian Foley, who first zhuzhed up this original uh, Kate Cannon interview a while ago. Uh, he's our producer emeritus, and we want to thank you, our listeners. If you liked our show, give us a positive note on iTunes, won't you? If you're interested in having me at your theater, improv school, corporate event, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, whatever, please drop me a line at dave at addcomedy.com. Thanks, and we'll hear you in our ears. Guaranteed.